0: Creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast.
1: week of Friday, March 9th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our under construction podcast studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Mm, so blessed. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chandler Strang. Oh. My brother. On the Skype line from of Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, our newest cast member, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs.
2: Good morning, gents.
1: Not, yes. Not the quilter not no the don't even bring her up <laughs> yeah. uh it's uh b- good to be back with you guys it's been actually two calendar weeks since we've recorded because yeah. this past week jesse and i were uh over in africa yeah in, let me hop in here yeah, and in take, take over
3: the questions for a second can you yes, tell me yes, yes, about and annie of course yes
1: tell me about africa so we went uh with a small team uh with world vision normal sized people just not a lot of them correct there was three there were three of us on the trip uh uh, with with world vision um jesse and i went to somaliland which i learned is different from somalia
2: but is it are they connected they They
1: broke off in 86 and uh puntland somaliland uh are not to be confused with somalia but uh, they're oh. on the northern coast of Africa on the Red Sea. Okay. Yeah,
0: and it, and it's like an interesting situation because the, no other country in the world recognized Somaliland except for Somaliland. But that's true. Uh, oh, my. okay. Like internet. So, like technically, we were in Somalia. But if you ask anyone where there, we were in Somaliland.
2: That's like crowning yourself homecoming queen and just saying it. Even if no one else agrees with you. Well, the
1: interesting thing is Somaliland (laughs) has a democratically elected president and they exist separately from Somalia. They have their own currency. Even he holds up a dollar. We we were there because, um, there, the, the region is very primitive. I mean, there's no, literally no roads. Um, and, and, uh, the indigenous people have been suffering through an eight year drought and it's one of the most remote and disconnected areas in Africa. And so, um, the team at World Vision has been uh, there and is aware of you know, what's going on and they're doing some relief work and they invited us to go see it because it's probably the most underreported humanitarian crisis that's happening right now. And so, you know, I, uh, how many, how, uh, you
3: probably just said this, but I missed it. How many people are, are in the in Somaliland? Is it like, I don't, I actually a lot of don't know. Just
1: anecdotally, is there like an airport that you flew into? We flew yeah. into a, a city called Hargeisa. 3.5
4: 3. million is the population.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hargeisa, wow. you know, we stayed in the nicest hotel called the Ambassador Hotel in Hargeisa one, uh, two of the nights so that mm. we were there. No air conditioning, very primitive by Western standards, but mm-hmm. it's definitely the, the one and only quote-unquote nice hotel in in Hargesa mm-hmm. where we stayed out in the field, no roads. So we had to drive uh, with compasses through about 10 hours
5: mm-hmm.
1: uh, by truck uh, and, and, and terrain mm-hmm. to get up to the remote region where the drought is the worst, which mm-hmm. is along the coastline of the Red Sea. And that that area is just villages huts mm-hmm. um you know and,
2: and they don't have water
1: no 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 water um uh what's what's, what's crazy is is this i've been i've over the years uh, i've been i've had the opportunity to go to a lot of difficult places i mean i've been mm-hmm. uh uh, the Bekaa Valley on the Lebanese-Syrian border and uh, Syrian refugee camps and their tents. I've been in Palestinian ghettos. I've been, in, I've been to Gaza. I've been to Haitian slums. Mm-hmm. I've been, I mean, I've been to hard places. Mm-hmm. And I've never experienced anything like this, Mm -hmm. Um, because no matter where you are, and this is almost like a missions trip cliche, you could be on a trash heap in Ecuador and children come running and they have smiles and they, you know, there's joy in the midst of poverty. And then the Americans go back home going, oh, I just don't understand how they have nothing. And they're Mm -hmm. so happy. You know what I mean? That cliche is actually largely true, Mm -hmm. you know? And I... Experienced not one smile the entire time we were there. Yeah, there was, there was an oppression yeah. Yeah. and a hopelessness that I've never seen firsthand before. Um, there's no food. There's no water. Um, it, it, it's an it's a drought that has come in two waves, multi year waves over the course of the last eight years. It hasn't rained. What was green and lush is turning into desert. Yeah, and what. Um, Uh, what the international community has done is treated it as a short-term relief situation. Mm -hmm. And if you're in development, Mm -hmm. you know that relief and development are two different things. Uh Relief uh, is, there's a crisis, uh, a typhoon, an earthquake. We're going to show up. stop the bleeding. We're going to show up. We're going to feed you. We're going to take care of you. And there is a end point to that. You can't, okay. So the international aid community has treated the drought as... Relief needs and has been funding uh, sustenance level food and and, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That the U.S. USAID um, ended their funding of those programs on December thirty first, two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the current administration said, "Nah, yeah." And we were in villages that were receiving emergency aid that stopped six weeks ago Mm -hmm. or eight weeks ago and they are dying and they are famished and there's no water and no food. What you learn about this region, the indigenous people up there, is they have historically been herdsmen. Goat and sheep have been their livelihood, Mm -hmm. not only for food, but also trade. That's Mm -hmm. what they would sell into the cities and whatnot. That's their whole economy. Their entire economy is herdsmen. And the area ravaged by drought, we, we were talking to women and men and old people and young people, you know, uh, uh, the, the, this lady in this hut, you know, uh, what, before the drought, how many, how many heads of uh, livestock did you have? Uh, 1,200. How many do you have now? Nine. No. N- n- nine. Yeah. Um yeah. every morning another one dies. Yeah. Um, this man how many did you have? We had actually 2000 head, you know. What do you have now? We have about 50. You know, like literally so so all of a sudden their entire primitive economy has collapsed, right. but also they can't feed their livestock. And so on top of that crisis, this is wild Africa. I mean, there's camels everywhere, there's hyenas. And so one of the most jarring and unexpected things I saw what, or heard um, was that these hyenas, what do they do? They live in the hills and they pluck off livestock.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Their, their food source has now died. Right. So they're turning on the humans. Right. No. And so now the hyenas are hunting the humans. Mm-hmm. And so people are dying not only from drought and famine, but also hyena. Attacks. Yeah, we,
0: we literally met a grown man. I mean, because, you know, a lot of it affects obviously children, but we even met a grown man who was attacked by hyenas and had like, you know, his face was all, you know, clearly he, yeah. he had been, you know, And
1: attacked. children are getting plucked off and, 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 you know, it's just, anyway, I was talking to Brian dust from world vision while we were there, who, who has uh, been on, I've, I've been on a couple of trips with him and he does a lot of, you know, he works with world vision and, 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 and I was talking about just like, I'm a, I'm a solutions minded person in these situations. I have empathy and compassion, but it's mm-hmm. like, I I'm in Haiti after the earthquake, and I'm immediate. I I'm want to learn how's the path out. Yeah, you know what's the upstream that we need? okay. Yes, this whatever this quote unquote you know, issue is is awful, but let's go upstream and systemically talk about long-term change, generational change in whatever situation, whether it be, you know, trafficking or poverty or, you know, disease or whatever it is. Let's talk. That's what I want to advocate for. Let's educate. Let's, let's, let's uh, draw people's attention to the crisis and then talk about what we can do to be part of the change. And I'm saying to Brian, this is the first time I've I've seen what seems to be a hopeless situation. Like there is no clear path out for this region because the land has, died. Yeah. And, and, and you can't do handouts forever. And the land has just died. And then there, this the, the country is so primitive. There's no roads. There's no. There's <laughs> literally no infrastructure there for trade or economy or education or anything. Children can't go to school and get education because there's literally no food or water it's, for them to
3: what, live. Did anybody bring up, like, why haven't they started to migrate out like is there is that Do a they possibility? They are migrating. Multi- yeah, leaving?
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, but where, but Eddie, but where there's nowhere to th- go. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. I mean, especially and not to get you know political, but w- when you look at you know the situation with our country accepting refugees and right. what's mirrored around the world, um, you, you know the the a lot of Western countries simply aren't friendly. To people from regions like Somalia for all mm -hmm. the
1: reasons we've, you know, kind of everyone by now is very aware of, you know, a few Mm -hmm. years ago, they said uh, that, you know, it's on the northern coast, it's on the Red Sea. If you cross the Red Sea, there's, you know, other Mm -hmm. lands that would take them in, you would think. And they said a few years ago, there was there was an effort of the locals to try to get out and Mm -hmm. they were turned away Mm -hmm. and sent back. Mm -hmm. And so they're sent back to death. You know, yeah and yeah, just to die, they're trapped, they're mm. trapped and 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 nobody's aware of their plight, nobody's talking about it, and that's why we were there so yeah
0: and 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 just and just for context, you know when, when because this really I feel like puts you know especially for Cameron and I who were there and saw it firsthand, you know, kind of a, a real tangible face in place on something like the refugee ban. Like the, when we talk about those countries that, you know, I think the criticism of that move was that they were arbitrarily, relatively arbitrarily chosen. Somalia is on that list of mm. we're blocking people coming from here. But when you go there, you know, you, you don't you don't feel in danger at uh, uh, at any point. You just see an incredible need oh. and not only has aid been cut off to the region, but the ability to have some sort of uh, plan to accept refugees has now been dramatically hindered, ultimately, for political reasons. There's a real consequence to the political and, and, and legislative things that have happened. And people need to be aware of that, 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 that you know, people are suffering.
3: So... World Vision is full of the smartest people on the planet. What's a single step that they're hoping happens now? Are they hoping well, like,
1: one? One, we get, have to advocate for the the relief, uh, the relief budgets that have been slashed by forty percent. Okay, we as Americans have to advocate for legislation to uh, refund the emergency coffers. Okay, yeah. okay, that's short term. Long term, we sat down with the mayor of the region, which included 56 villages. Mm-hmm. You know, we sat down wow. with the, the village elders. We sat down with people in their huts and in their homes and asked them about their lives, about the area before the drought and what it is now and mm-hmm. what they feel they need to, to survive and, and thrive again one day. Mm. The, the, the sad irony of the land is that it was so plush and so... I mean, if you've ever been to like Rwanda or South Sudan or whatever, you, what's in your head is, you know, deserts with flies on yeah. their faces and that kind of stuff. That's not those countries. Those countries right. are lush and tropical. They are the breadbasket of Africa. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, uh, Somaliland used to be like that. Mm-hmm. And now it has turned into desert. There is nothing alive mm-hmm. other than poisonous weeds that are also killing livestock and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, very invasive. Yeah. Very invasive. They were uh, they came up from Kenya and have there's no predator to them, and they are taking over the area. So you see mm. dirt or sand and these weed tree things that are filled with thorns and they are poisonous to animals and humans, and yeah. they're everywhere. And they are not stopping. It's like crabgrass. I mean, it's crazy. But but regardless, the 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 thing that they said this is the sad irony. We were on the coast. We we're on a village that is literally beachfront, mm-hmm. okay, of oh, the Red Sea. I've never seen a beach as far as the eye can see in all directions. And we drove all over the place. We were probably in these trucks for twenty hours over the course of two days. Um not one thing on them. Like there's not one boat. There's not one dock. There's not one house. There's not one building. There's not nothing. Gorgeous beachfront, red sea, literally completely primitive, untouched land. And these villages are these, you know, like, you know, these, they, they make their huts out of sticks and then they put like a blanket over it for protection. Um, and these, these kind of like pop up tent type structures are, are, are around. And these men who were herdsmen are sitting there looking at fish, yeah. An yeah. unlimited supply of fish, and have no ability to fish it. No mm-hmm. ability to. They have no equipment. They have no knowledge. And Boats. the men, yeah. the 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 elders of the village, mm-hmm. the mayor, the 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 men themselves, they've yeah. sent if If we could tell if somebody's going to hear our story, could you please send something to help us fish?
3: Yeah, because if sure. we could
1: fish, we could feed our families, and then at least we're surviving mm-hmm. and, and and as far as like the long term economic turnaround of going from a livestock herdsman economy to mm-hmm. something else. There are no roads. There's no commercial fishing opportunities because there's no roads to distribute it. There's no way to get the fish from the north coast down into the cities or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's They're marooned. Mm-hmm. But at least they could survive. Yeah. That would be a, another phase of development. And if they could eat and if they could survive, the children could get educated because each village mm-hmm. has a school. And, you know, there's, there's things that the international aid community can do for long-term development. Right. That's the sort of work something that, so that so World stent. Vision yeah. also does yeah, that's right. You no, know, it's health, and we saw m- maternal clinics and health clinics, and we mm-hmm. saw things that are there because of international efforts, you mm-hmm. know, of organizations like World Vision and uh, um, Feed the Hungry and others, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but you know, short term emergency relief, next phase, yeah coastal region of Somaliland yeah. teach them to fish, help them fish and then long, t- longer term phase, right. you know, get those kids educated and, and, and build some infrastructure to that country.
3: Hey, yeah. just for us listening, cause there's, you know, there's a lot of people listening to this right now. What would be like, like support world vision, right? Your Senator, what uh, would be next? Yeah. Go ahead, Jess.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, if you look at the work that World Vision is doing, you can give like designated gifts that, you know, to the region or to specific projects, you know, um, but, and then also, you know, just becoming, I think for the short term, more politically aware. Yeah. write Your centers and vote and, and vote in a way, you know, that represents values and that, that keeps in mind, you know, these people, we, we met one woman who, you know, was getting, I think, you know, she had, I don't know, I think like seven, she was caring for like seven kids. Yeah. And at one point for, for a few years, she was receiving something like $80 a month month through a USAID program. To well, be able it was to feed the emergency children.
1: relief. I think yeah. so. If yeah. there's yeah. a tsunami or an earthquake, the USAID will come in for a uh-huh. year or three years. Yeah. There's always an yeah. End point. yeah. yeah. and, and will help and has these like cards, these vouchers to help people who have lost their livelihood or their and where do they even
2: go spend the money?
1: So, so there are like stores. In, little ramshackle in little, stores or little okay. like... Or, or, little or shops. Or, yeah. yeah, little shops and stuff around, you know, they may have to walk 10 kilometers. But, but it's at like least, cans of tuna and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least it keeps them alive. And sure? that funding ended December 31st. Yeah,
0: and so, so so basically her story was because of, you know, because that program to that... Because that the, the, the drought is ongoing, that relief effort... Aid program had been renewed every year. Mm. But the most recent federal budget required a 40% decrease in international aid. And on the chopping block was this program that did not get renewed. And and again, this has nothing to do with political opinions. This is just the reality of the situation. You know, the woman. Now we ask, well, how are you getting food? And she said because she had been shop, you know, um, going to these shops for so long, they uh, had allowed her to essentially like open up a tab for the last few months. And so she's acquiring
1: debt that she has no means to get out of. Yeah,
0: when we ask, and her expectation is that maybe this aid program will come back and she can pay back these shop owners who are now giving her food to feed her family and we, we ask her you know what happens if the aid doesn't come back and it was just this long pause and and you know it's um it, it's uh, primarily a, a muslim country and, and it was just this long balls and, and and she just said uh, allah like basically i'm turning to you know God, because there, power, yeah. no one else is coming here to help. And it's, it's just a really desperate situation. And like I, like I said, it, it, it puts a face to, um, and real stories to issues that have roots in politics and legislation and economics that, you know, people just need to be aware of the consequences of how we, you know, how we steward the resources that our country has been given.
3: My goodness. Boy. Okay.
0: Can I also say the other thing I learned on this trip is if you're going to be taking Jeep rides through the African countryside with no roads, uh, with no roads, uh, for, you know, five hours at a time, bring Dramamine. because
6: <laughs> oh, Yeah, buddy. Some so, people
0: have a tendency to get motion sickness and <laughs> in a hot oh. truck. <laughs> For five hours. Did you uh, You so don't want to be so the guy much. that has to oh. repeatedly pull over a convoy in an unstable oh, region. Yes. Uh, yeah. And yeah, right. so that's just a little life lesson. Okay.
2: Jesse, did you have malaria nightmares? Disappointingly, no
0: cool malaria dreams. Night Just violent, violent illness. Uh, but, um, you know.
6: Well, ironically, it really was. you, you it was told bad. this
3: whole story about the reality there. When I asked Jesse earlier, you know what his response was? What? Great trip. Loved it. <laughs> so, <laughs> a great time. Didn't learn a thing. Just totally great.
1: Jesse, I feel so bad for him because the second I've traveled enough with him, I, I know what he's susceptible to. And the second we got in the trucks from our hotel and realized there are no roads in the city and it was going to be that bumpy. The second we got out of the city and, and we're navigating by compass on just terrain. And in fact, the saddest part, I mean, of just the terrain, A major part of the of the how we got up to the northern region was driving through what used to be rivers. You know, they're completely sand dried riverbeds, dried massive.
2: Sure, because they're already created for so cars can just go through them. Yeah,
1: That's so, awful. but anyway, yeah, it was like, it was like, you know, a really bad, uh, a really bad, uh, yeah. ride. And Jesse just turned completely green within f- five minutes. Poor fella. And like yeah. I said,
0: you don't want to be the guy who pulls over a giant convoy with like military guys <laughs> with guns who are laughing at you. I think,
1: I think it's, the second or third one was like, you know, oh, my man, my man, <laughs> he's like tapping him on the shoulder, my man, <laughs> like, was, and he's like, door is on the open side before. of a cliff too. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. Oh, you know. It it. <laughs> well, well, hey, moving the show along. Welcome completely back. Completely different.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I forward. have
1: news. What? I saw the first
3: ever episode I've ever seen of The Bachelor last night. Oh, oh wow. What did wow, you wow, think? Wow. The wow. finale. What an unbelievable just crazy cultural phenomenon. I really... It's a cesspool
0: of humanity. Yeah, I was going to say, Eddie, hot take here. Guys, there's this show. I've heard of this. It's a cultural phenomenon. So it's just called a... The Bachelor. I, 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 think it's, I think it's European. Um, I've got to learn more about this, but yeah. it is. I, I mean, listen. I think they're onto hey, something. Yeah, I mean, you guys, I, I, I think I'm on the crest of a,
3: a little trend here. I didn't yeah. mean to watch it, but every night at 7.30, of course, Brianne and I watch.
1: Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, okay, Wheel of Fortune.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, finish Wheel of Fortune, and it turns out it's the next thing on. I can't believe people allow this in the world.
2: Okay, okay. listen. Here's the problem. You jumped in on the episodes that feel the most like the capital from Hunger Games. Like yeah. the last two or three are the most where you're going. What am I doing with my life? The rest <laughs> yeah. of the season but, is way more entertaining.
3: But he's like hugging. It's almost and like, like American Idol, kissing back this in woman. The day. It's and like, then the next day. It's a whole other person. Eddie, yeah, you're acting like this
0: is such a shock to you. Like, that is the that is the baseline premise of this show but that I has never, been on for, like, 12 years. I never disgusting. realized they were, like,
3: dating. I always thought it was just sort of like we're all like, getting to know each other. It was like the dating game. Yeah, like, I could hang out with like one friend one, one, one night and one friend yeah. the other night. But oh, they're like no, no, no. Date. They're like... Kissing and dating and really dating.
1: Yeah, they, no, yeah, and, they do. And, and many seasons sleeping together. And yeah. and he's just going <laughs> around sleeping with four or five women. It's, no, it's no, no, disgusting. No, 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 just three,
2: just three, just three. Oh, that's simple. I mean,
1: <laughs> it's
3: just, it's I'm not it's saying disgusting. it's better. I'm just
2: telling you the fantasy suites are only given to three girls or men, as the case may be, depending on whether it's a bachelor or I a I did not see
3: that part. There's a fantasy suite where they're expected oh, yeah. to... Oh yeah,
2: yeah. yes, a- 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 Eddie. Once
0: again, I'm shocked that you, you you that you had not even like the an inkling of knowledge what the premise of this show I was. I knew there were multiple <laughs> people, but I did not wait, know wait, it was so you're dating me. Hold on, no, 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 no. I know it was guys. Re- I- wait, there's a guy and
3: multiple women, and yeah. they and date on a show it? called The Bachelor. Oh, this is unbelievable. I-, I didn't know the extent to which the relationship went. I yeah. was like shocked that they were
2: all like. Because I I can tell you the extent the relationship goes nowhere. That's the extent the relationship goes. Do any of them stay married? Do you know the stats are that the bachelorettes significantly more marry the one they pick than the bachelors do? I mean, there's Sean Lowe and Catherine. They've made it. There's a couple that have made it. Mm. But but Ari, I mean, you saw last night. Spoiler alert. Ari isn't going to end up with either of them girls.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, really? Uh, oh, it was just like he's well, saying, uh, well, uh, like, just to, to let everyone know, we are recording this in between the two finales. So there's a the two I nights of Karen finale. I
3: got forty, that. I got forty five minutes in, and I just could not. I was like, I we've got to watch something
4: else. Yes, yeah. yeah you, you know,
2: there's a whole show on. I don't remember what channel. There's a whole show, a fictional show that a former Bachelor producer has written that that shows the behind the scenes. Oh, and yeah. so the, the bachelor producer has taken all these like real things that have happened on bachelor before and made it into a fictional show. And it is fascinating. What? what?
1: Goes on what? Speaking of Hallmark channel.
2: Oh, somebody.
1: Oh yeah. And he made her national television debut this week on the That's Hallmark right. channel. On
2: home and family. She was the
1: leading role in the movie of the week.
2: I wish that's the, that's, this is just a stepping stone. I love being on home and family, but come on, Christmas movie.
1: <laughs> what, what, what is I'm the, what excited. is
0: the segment, Annie?
2: Uh, we're talking about a hundred days to brave. It was really cool because all, the, there's like six of them that kind of, there's two main hosts and then there's six of them that are kind of in the family, they say. And yeah. they, we all sat down on the couches and talked about our brave moments. And it was, I mean, one of the girls like really went in and talked about like brave enough to try to get pregnant again after she'd had a miscarriage. Whoa. I mean, like everybody was like tearing up and I accidentally preached at her and it just, it it was really, it was way more special. I mean, I thought it was cool because y'all know I think, and oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't told y'all this shit. Next door to the home and family house is the set for Good Place. Do y'all watch The Good Place? No. Yeah. I don't
6: even know oh what that
1: is. yeah, yeah, yeah. The
3: NBC <laughs> oh,
2: show.
6: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah with the, Kristen Ted Bell. Benson and Kristen yeah. Bell.
2: Oh, I think it is so funny. And so we like we, we like left home and family for a minute and walked around the set of The Good Place and.
1: Where, where, where did it film? Oh, in yeah, LA. I'm Universal. W- where this is? Because it's a yeah, it's in- like a house, right? Like the the morning show is like a yeah, house. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's an actual house. You walk through the house. Thank you, Chandler. How for do you know that.
1: this? <laughs> I saw it one time, and I just I I remember like. Thinking it's it's odd that it's filmed in a house.
2: Just when I think
3: I've got you in a box, it, yeah. Chandler. How often a do
0: you watch? I feel like that's something weird to stumble upon. I, I feel like in this era, you're not just flipping through the channels. You yeah. are on yeah, the hallmark channel like for in, something
1: in, in like a waiting room, like it'd be on the TV oh, or whatever. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, sitting yeah, there for yeah. an hour and you watch
0: the thing.
2: Yeah, also, like when you film the in the kitchen, they tell everybody to move to the dining room, and when you're filming in the living room, they move everybody to the guest room. Yeah, they like it's it's really interesting. It right. is an actual house, though.
1: Yeah. So, so there's an, another set next door to it. Cause I just assumed yeah, there was yeah. just a house in, in a neighborhood
4: or something like that.
2: So it used to be, but now there's like, yeah, there's a couple of different houses. It's right next to all the Western front houses cause they don't film Westerns oh. anymore. So you walk down the street by all these Westerns oh, cool. and then there's just a house. Huh. It what was awesome. Is I that love Universal that stuff. I think you that's said? fascinating.
1: Universal Studios?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Universal Studios.
1: Oh, wow. There's a, cool. at the
2: hallmark section of the Universal Studios. I think that was a nice around-the-table update of all of us.
1: Yeah, this is yeah. true. I yeah. went to Smiley land.
3: I saw the bat- first 45 minutes of The Bachelor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and Chandler was in a
0: waiting room for something. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I,
6: you know,
0: listen, I was getting the oil changed, uh, you know, I, and, uh, you know, just got riveted. I didn't leave Jiffy Lou for three hours thinking about this Hallmark house. Yeah. Right. You know. oh. the, the car was done in, you know, 12 minutes. They, did, they were Jiffy, but uh, I posted up free coffee and uh, just Hallmarked it.
1: <laughs> well, moving the show along, we have a great episode coming up for you today. D- big news. I mean, t- today, nationwide, a uh, huge movie releases, A Wrinkle in Time. Yes. And oh, joining wait. us on the show today is director Ava DuVarnay. That is nuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big big time. Time. I can't wait to big hear time. this interview. Does she
2: know about us? Does
6: she know yeah. what she's signing up to be on? Oh, <laughs> oh she's,
1: yeah. she's in the new issue of Relevant. And uh, what you're going to hear is part of that conversation mm. that didn't That's make awesome. the magazine. So yes. Uh, it's both and. Uh, also coming up, Jesse, you <laughs> want to tell us about this, uh, you know, it's Oscar weekend, Oscar yeah. season. Uh, and and you want to tell us about the, uh, the other segment on the show?
0: Yeah. So we have uh, people, you know, uh, a, a familiar face to the podcast, Tyler Daswick, uh, uh, who specializes Ooh, that's in that's culture day. writing for us. He's leading a round table with some of our critics to talk about um, some of the most recent or or best picture winners in recent history and why some have this kind of state Impact and how they, you know, address social issues. Um, so it's a really interesting segment. I, you know, we we usually don't do two movie things, but if we were talking about it, if there's a week we're going to do movie stuff, it's got to be this one because everyone's, right. you know, it's, yeah. you know, we got a wrinkle of time, we're seeing, but also kind of a lot of discussions with with the Oscars that were just on.
6: Yeah.
1: There you go. It's the Oscars, Packed. so interesting. I can't wait to hear I mean, that. This one. is a big culture show for you, Eddie. You know, it's going to catch you up because I know all you really follow closely is Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> uh, it's
3: just been some really interesting developments in Wheel of Fortune. And, the, <laughs> and, and, and you led with yeah. it was March
2: 9th, which how, always amazes how Eddie. How old's Vanna?
3: How old Vanna? Timeless, but I don't know. She's. I think she's like. I mean, because it was like the mid eighties.
2: Yeah, I think she, I would bet. She got bet that, going. I, I, mean, I
3: would bet they are well into their fifth. Well, Yeah, they'd have to be more. more 60s, Mid 80s yeah. would have
1: been 30. I got to tell you, Pat 32 Sajak, years ago, Pat Sajak is genuinely funny. Oh yeah, on Twitter, he's one of the best <laughs> follows on Twitter. Oh, yeah, he's he's, great. he's not
3: even like game show host funny. He's like really snarky funny because like, he kind of
2: makes fun of the contestants sometimes.
3: Yeah, no, but yeah, but he kind of holds them in really high regard. He kind of makes. Like other meta jokes. I don't know how to explain it, but, but he's follow got him a, on
1: Twitter and you'll get oh a man, sense of his real humor. Very it's, funny on He's Twitter.
3: Very funny.
0: Yes. Eddie, if I held up a picture of Pat and Vanna from ten years ago and one of this week, could you tell the difference? Because <laughs> in my what? mind they are both ageless. They're like <laughs> they Pharrell. Are, they are, just they at are. some point got frozen. <laughs> at, and he, I'm saying, you can look <laughs> for I I have no idea how old Pharrell is. Is he in his twenty five thirties? There's a huge swing. If his mid forties,
1: yeah. Do you think 40s. he's
2: in his mid forties for yeah.
1: real? I know he is. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, like, he, he
1: was like in celebrated his twenties in the early two thousands when he was. Like yeah, yeah, but he looked yeah.
0: exactly the same. Again, if you gave me a picture of mid twenties Pharrell and one, you know, uh, from yesterday, Van White
1: is sixty one. By the way,
3: Van White is sixty one. Sixty one. Hmm. Interesting. And how old is Pat?
1: I'm going to guess sixty four.
2: And then will you Google Four. how heavy the wheel is? Because I have always wondered how heavy that thing is to spin. <laughs>
3: Interesting fact. There is only one wheel. 71. 71. That's he's AJ. 71. Good for him. Good for wow. him. Interesting. Well, he
1: goes on all those vacations that they, that they, uh, <laughs> you know, they only tape from. like, they
3: only tape like three months of the year.
1: What? No wonder he's so active like, on Because they do like six shows in a day or something. Yeah, they do.
3: They just burn through the shows. And wow. that's it. And then they just hang out. He has a house in Orlando. My dream is to see him.
0: Serious? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's was, have him on the show. Who would you be more starstruck right, by? By Pat Sajak or Pharrell Williams? Oh, Pat Sajak certainly.
1: See, I I was in when I was in a, Winter Park uh, years ago, and I was at lunch, and I stepped outside to take a phone call, and as and walked right in front of me on the sidewalk was Lee Corso. Lee Corso carrying a box of meat. Lee Corso (laughs) carrying a box of meat. Carrying
2: a box of meat? And
1: I'm like, well, there goes Lee Corso carrying a box of meat. And then later we went down to the Starbucks and sure enough, Lee Corso was in there and he had sat down with a young couple and was just chatting them up. And just, he's just eating it. raw meat. <laughs> yeah, like, meat. What
0: are you
2: talking about? Do you all carry <laughs> boxes of meat in Orlando? He he's a
0: big bloody oh. box of meat. <laughs> what are yeah. doing?
3: Fraternizing with this couple. Every time, just, time we have a guest in the studio, we just let them leave with a big box of meat. Yeah. We just say, well, you know, I, I, If, if, if Lee Corso,
0: or honestly, any of the College Jamie Gay crew, crew, mainly subsisted on raw meat that they just walked around with, I wouldn't be all that shocked. <laughs> to oh, be I wouldn't be shocked at
1: It seems like their MO. All right, we'll move so long. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and oh. entertainment. It's time for. In case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it, this week, Common and Andre Day brought the house down with a stirring performance of Stand Up for Something at the Oscars. The song, which contains lyrics about faith and activism, appeared in the film Marshall and was nominated for Best Original Song. Yeah. Here's a clip. All you
6: need, and without you know, know
7: These days we dance between love and hate. Don't know the date, so we stay awake. A knee we take for our soul's sake. New victory off old fate. A president that chose with hate. He don't control our fate because God is great. When they go low, we stay in the heights. I stand for peace, love, and women's rights.
3: Would you consider Common's style at the beginning of that song spoken word or rap? Or some so, other thing.
4: Uh, s- uh, sp- it's Art? common. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. he's
3: on yeah. a
1: Microsoft commercial right now and Dude. I was standing and cheering by the end of it. I right. mean, it was, I like, love him yeah. so much. If he says anything. It's like, Oh man. Yeah. He's moving. Yeah. But yeah. I think he's veering more towards spoken word artist Common. I think one of
3: my favorite quotes about common that I've ever heard was Shauna. Cause she was on the show at one point point. said, uh, I met common last week and we're like, Oh, and she just got, she got kind of like, um, flustery. She's like, uh, that is a man has never said anything like that it's like, well, like, common.
0: he's one of those guys who is just like the, you can't picture a scenario where common isn't like the coolest guy in the room like there's the right. way he carries right. himself it's like no I'm in very intimidated because of his coolness
1: hey in case you missed it uh, there's an Oprah update Ooh, I hope no oh, yes Oprah. I'm ready now she says she'll run for president <gasps> if if I'm God tells her to Okay. After previously Floor saying mine. that she had no intention of running for president, despite her longtime partner, Stedman, hinting that she might. Well, Oprah told People Magazine that she prayed, God, if you think I'm supposed to run, you got to tell me. And it has to be so clear that not even I can miss it. Though she added, I haven't gotten that. Yeah. Um, she also said that all the support from friends has made her look into it more closely. She said, I had people, wealthy billionaires, calling me up and saying, I can get you a billion dollars. I can run your campaign. Uh, That many people saying something made me think, am I at least supposed to look at the question? Uh, Don't worry, though. At this point, The Rock is still totally in for 2020. Mm, Don't wait.
2: I wish they'd run on the same ticket so hard. Can you imagine?
1: This is great. In case you missed it, uh, this week, Facebook apologized after it censored conservative Christian satire site, The Babylon Bee. Um, So the site publisher, Adam Ford, got a direct message from Facebook informing him that a story. That the site's page had posted, quote, contained info disputed by Snoops.com, an independent fact checker. It also warned that repeat offenders will see their distribution reduced and their ability to monetize and advertising or advertise reduced. The offending story contained the headline, CNN purchases industrial sized washing machine to spin news before publication. <laughs> That was the Babylon <laughs> Bee story that got banned. Uh, readers who clicked say, on the link—it's a
0: little on the nose as a joke, but how could you think this is actually a
1: news story? You know, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, readers who clicked on the link got a message that read: "Before you share this content, you might want to know that there's an additional reporting on this from Snopes.com." After backlash, Facebook later wow. unflagged the story and issued an apology explaining, there's a difference between false news and satire. This was a mistake and should not have been rated false in our system. It's since been corrected and won't count against the domain in any way. Um, the site followed it with an article titled, Facebook sends warm reminder to publishers that it is in complete control of their livelihood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was about to say, have they ever done that for the onion? You know? Yeah.
3: Well, no. it's like... I it's mean, known satire. Yeah. I don't, I mean, the B just never heard of the B. Yeah. Oh, they've gotten popular yeah. But, like but, our, but again, our, it,
0: it wasn't like one of the Babylon B headlines that is that you could be tricked into believing was absurd, but true. You right, know, right. like right. Th- th- this headline is obviously just a pun. It's just a play right. on words. Like there is no industrial size washing machine that will spin news, right? <laughs> like no one would think that's an actual machine that exists. So it, it, Yeah, as much as you want to like defend Facebook and like Snopes for trying to weed out fake news, this ruins all of their credibility, in my opinion, because it's like, this isn't even plausible. That's not even something that's possible. Like, this isn't fooling anyone.
1: This is just an absurd use of censorship. Right. And lastly, hey, in case you missed it, Nick Offerman, uh, Ron Swanson, uh, if you may, uh, will star in a new show about spiritual warfare and the book of Revelation. The actor is going to star in Amazon's upcoming series, Good Omens, which also stars John Hamm. The show is based on a series of novels about angels and demons who are preparing for the coming apocalypse. The books are co-authored by Neil Gaiman, who also wrote the heavily religious fantasy series, American Gods, which has also been turned into a TV show.
0: So is it a
2: comedy, surely, with... with I think it's like
0: I think it's a dramedy I think it's uh, like Neil Gaiman is is sort of tonally um, like an interesting guy because there's elements of like satire but also there's like
1: violence and kind of heaviness to his work yeah well that's it for in case you missed it stay tuned up next Slices Slices Listening to Toto, mm, it's "Africa,", Africa. <laughs> great one of the best songs of all yeah. time. I mean, come on, Ch- Ch- Chant and I mean, you I could worked.
2: sing that so many times because there's so many different parts. On the
1: 34 hours of travel back yeah. from Smollyland, I, I spent quite a few of them making new playlists for the office, yeah. and of course, put Toto and Heavy just Rotation. Heard it. Yeah, I just I like just heard it. I know it's the new playlist. Speaking
2: of Jesse, was your travel significantly worse than Cameron's? I meant to ask you your flight differences. Yes.
0: <laughs> so Cameron Cameron informed me the day before we leave and hey by the way I switched my flight I'm flying Emirates which is like oh, state there. of the art and um it is essentially like the whole plane is first class yeah. and he's like my layovers in Dubai um I get it. he has a night in New York City I threw I flew Ethiopian Airlines which look uh, I'm not going to say I would just say this: some of their some of their uh, seats hadn't been kept up very well, and, oh, um, <laughs> and there weren't a lot of entertainment options. Like oh, I the gosh. camera was like, "Yeah, I had like three thousand movies." I just somehow he had seen movies that like weren't even out in the theaters yet. You know, <laughs> like
1: he's watching like advanced critic screeners on. I watched Emirates. eleven. I think I watched eleven movies on my flights. Emirates, oh if I, it was the same price as as Ethiopian Airlines. I, so I chose Emirates always. If you fly internationally, the difference between a good flight and a bad flight is your entire trip. You know what and I mean? And it's like, what you, know? you
2: tell your friends, Cameron. I'm still putting this on you. That is so rude so, you never told Jesse anything. So okay, okay. It, Cameron
0: watched, uh, this is because we're before I get sick, we're chit-chatting in our Jeep ride and I'm like, hey, what'd you watch on the way over? And he's like, oh, I watched like three billboards, you know, like uh, current movies that yeah. are still in the Oscar movie theaters movies, here. Yeah. And I'm like, like oh you know what I watched Ben
1: Affleck's movie The Town from two thousand
6: seven. That's what I watched. I was I was watching documentaries, cli- critically
1: acclaimed films. I actually watched The Godfather, Godfather Two. Yes, I, I I was just I I was in heaven. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they bring you you know wonderful meals, mm-hmm. full full amenities. You know you have a a big. 15 inch screen in front of you with I had free Wi Fi right. over the entire oh, trip. Jesse. It was it was fantastic. And and Jesse lands. I see Jesse when we got there. and He just looked haggard.
0: You Did know? y'all like,
2: land about the same time?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he got it
0: a little bit before me. The other thing, too, is I had my layover. Cameron's layover was in Dubai. I had two layovers. One of them was two and a half hours, which we weren't allowed to get off the plane. (laughs) The second one was uh, uh, six hours in Ethiopia. And again, like it it, it just didn't have the same amenities as I'm sure like an airport like Dubai has. I bought a candy bar (laughs) and I I feel like this is kind of a red flag. The change that I received in my American dollars were all I promised. This is true. I have them right here in front of me. Two dollar bills.
3: That for me
0: <laughs> that seemed like a bit of a red flag that the cash they were giving back was in the form of two
3: dollar bills. I've been yeah. to the Ethiopia airport a few times. Good job finding a candy bar. That's a pretty chill airport. <laughs> yeah,
6: There's,
0: not, there's <laughs> not a lot happening. Hey, I, and, yeah, and also yeah. the power went out at one point
3: in the airport. That was fun. Oh, no. oh Yeah well that happens constantly. No way. Yeah it's more yeah, of a like you know. plane lands you go into Ethiopia.
0: Thankfully kind of I had a candy bar and sh- should things get really I see a pocket of $2 bills to get me out of the situation.
8: Uh,
1: the Dubai airport is literally a luxury mall, a, a multi-story luxury mall. Uh, all the best American everything. It's, it's, it was uh, just an oasis in the desert. It I was had an overnight layover there.
3: One time they have like a, a
1: hotel room you can get for, Like
3: hotel rooms. There was a water park. There was a water park in it.
1: Oh yeah, they had a. They have a a snow play area in the airport. I mean, it was. It's so high end. It's one of the best resorts you would have ever gone to. The this airport. just
2: feels like almost your experiences were so different it almost is not believable like it's just not it feels
6: <laughs> I'll so say this cool.
0: I was happy that on the second on, on the, my way back that the uh, seat pocket in front of me didn't have a giant hole where all my things fell out midway through the flight like I felt like it was a win that I got a seat that had a seat pocket
6: <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God. laughs> yeah, That was like sweet steak. I got a
0: seat pocket this
1: time I don't have to hold everything in my lap for you know 14 hours I had multiple seats around me open. I could spread out. Oh, uh, you know, my too much compl- I, I had like, I had eight pillows to myself. So I made myself a little bed. It was great. Oh my great. gosh. You know it's weird.
0: Okay, so I got they they gave they had like food service or whatever. And they also had, you know, at one point they they gave us like hot napkins. They weren't hot towels. They were definitely like I hot were. napkins. Yeah. Um and they all, but you know what's weird is they gave out free socks on my flight. Really? Like I feel like it was kind of an acknowledgment of like, listen, we know some <laughs> things on the physical plane could be better so we're going to make it up to you.
1: <laughs> we have, have got out some socks. <laughs> You don't want your feet to touch this. That's what they're yeah. saying to you. Yeah. Like, is Ew, it, well, that's probably <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, it, man. I'm sorry. It, the best part. The best no, part was. No, you're not, was, Cameron.
2: You're not sorry. Hey,
1: when I told uh, the travel agent, if we have these two flight options, Ethiopian or Emirates, and I replied, oh, please, Emirates. Yeah. Uh, I assumed that they would just book both of us on Emirates. I, I didn't. I, I'm not going to make choices for Jesse. He can choose his own path. I, I've got.
3: I I, I I do need to say this, though. Real quick, Jesse. I have flown Ethiopia air many times. Mm-hmm. I've had great experiences. I've had like some of the most lovely travel experiences on Ethiopia air. I think that maybe this was like a special one for Jesse.
1: Well, our Somali, our Somali contact was, I asked him about our flights over and yeah. I and I uh, told him, you know, I was on Emirates and, and he asked Jesse, he said, Ethiopia air. And the guy goes, well, Ethiopia air, they're getting a lot better. You know, he's like, <laughs> they're getting better and better every day. And, and then he looks at me and he goes, no Emirates.
6: But well, it wasn't oh, anywhere
1: was was like I was treated
0: very warmly. The the staff was you know kind and competent. It was just the physical airplane was a little out of date. They just had they didn't put the they didn't put the TLC into upholstery. Let's just say that you know their <laughs> efforts their efforts went other places. Also, like the pre flight video, like yeah. I saw it so many times during the course because you know we, we, even when you stop that you know they replay it and for some reason they just would randomly replay it on the flight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
7: in case something bad
0: sure. happens, just yeah. a little refresher reminder. Yeah. But like, uh. you know how um, basically every like Delta and United right now for theirs, they're basically doing like an OK Go video. Like the, the mm, way yeah. that they top, they, the way they make them tolerable these days is yeah. to have some insane choreo. It's like that that new Chris Stapleton Justin Timberlake video where it's got yeah. like a thousand actors in it and it's all like one long take and everyone claps after. I feel like that's what the Ethiopian Airlines lines one was going for but it was like I really thought about it a lot it was it was like a series of interconnected of non interconnected skits involving buckling uh, uh, like seatbelts and like so at one point there's like mimes in it but the mimes never come back at any point you're just confused at why mimes are on an airplane like and then the gags just get much lazier like so like at one point because I guess like their idea is like we'll make it comical like we're not going to do the okay go thing we're gonna Comical. So, like, I'm talking about finding the nearest exit. And the sight gag is just a guy with a gigantic pair of, like, military-grade binoculars looking up and down the plane. It just didn't work. But it ended, (laughs) like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all, all the stewardesses in the in the video like this is what was concerning to me like someone thought this was a good idea you know how they give the demonstration of how to blow up the little um uh, yeah the floating uh, inflatable um, the life vest, vest so right? you're wearing yeah your vest so they do that but then for some reason they have all of the the stewardesses who are in the video in like a giant in the deep end of a giant pool like awkwardly treading water with the inflatable life vest and you could tell that the look on their faces they weren't enjoying it and you could see how uncomfortable those life vests are that are around your neck and it was like I don't want to see people treading water in life vests on an airplane that just seems misguided it was an interesting choice for a video that's all I'll say again
3: <laughs> th- uh, we had on our Ethiopian air flight all of Christopher Guest and all these people doing a pretty funny comic really thing. no it's a lot really? I, oh, no. it, <laughs> I think you were on a di- I think you just had a very personalized experience yeah, yeah. I think they knew I
0: was coming yeah.
2: but you got those socks wow. eh
3: yeah, I got some sweet yellow socks
0: out of the deal. So. Yeah, and you got like,
2: home. That's what matters. Yeah, I did make it home, Just I got a couple
0: $2 bills. So
1: uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> can't
0: spend those, but still cool. Mm, so it's still legal
1: tender. <laughs> yeah. uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Younger with the song Remember. Hey, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. I have for years been a Squarespace uh, customer, and, and I'm in fact building a uh, site right now with Squarespace, a little Ooh. secret project. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, creating your uh, your site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. You can design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops, Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners around the world, including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. Right now, they are offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase, Squarespace. Set your website apart.
3: Hey, and I know we we Squarespace. We've been in it a long time with Squarespace, yeah. and they're amazing. They're great and I, for the show. I always ask people to do this if they've actually like heard about Squarespace on the show yeah. and built something, just tweet it to the show because I would love to read it. I would love to see what you built. Oh, the site. You yeah, want like to I'm out sure that sites. people have done like small business. I mean, I know like Stately T-shirt company. We talked about them before. They like started a whole company because they heard about Squarespace on the show. I'm go. always just curious like what people actually do. I know but, you don't care, but I, care. I do care. About about I'm a people. very <laughs> sweet person.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm very grateful that
1: Squarespace okay. has supported our show for so long and I love that our listeners support them in return. So there yeah. you go. Hey, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All
0: right, I'm going to do uh, a twofer because uh, I of these are interesting. I'm going to keep them quick, though. <laughs> um, uh, I because just you let do everyone it every week. No,
2: you're not. No, you're not. No, just, I just
0: want to let every... Go, what are you saying, Eddie? Just,
3: just, you do it every week. Just change the intro. Every week. Um, it's time for slices. Jesse, what are your slices? Jesse, what are the two things you have? have. Go for it,
6: Jesse. I'm
0: sorry. I'm bringing such, so much good content. My apologies, (laughs) Eddie. I didn't bring a
6: hot hot bachelor
0: take, so I (laughs) (laughs) uh, I had to compensate with actual content. Um, Oh, I can't wait
2: to see what comes now.
0: So, I just want to let people know that according to a new study uh, by a group called Hello Products, uh, the good fight against the dental and Industry against okay. big floss against oh dentists that I've been leading on this podcast for a long time <laughs> is evidently <laughs> taking hold. They they surveyed thousands of Americans to get an idea of their dental habits and found that millennials, um, you know, they're they're much more fast and loose. They haven't bought into the lies of big dentistry. Thirty percent, thirty percent of millennials brush their teeth just once a day, uh, which I'm glad to hear. They're oh, not, wow. they're not. They're they're not wasting, they're not wasting their lives slaving over a sink, uh, uh, brushing and flossing for an extra, you know, 90 seconds a Once day. A day. So, Once a day, 30%. So
2: 70% do it twice a day?
0: Or not at all. Um, because <laughs> they also twice. found that uh, the average millennial uh, no. uh, has gone uh, more than two days at a time without brushing their teeth. No, sir. Yeah. And, and they found that, and this was like my is my favorite one, that. furry
1: after, after Ew. a day. <laughs> I mean, who...
0: What who are you could,
2: eating, Cameron? Who could
1: cope? Her. That's so good. Yeah, yeah apparently a lot of merch. Swish some <laughs> coke around with the fizz, make uh, uh, eat the plaque, and then continue. <laughs> the fizz on coke does not eat the plaque off yeah, your
0: teeth. Uh, also, uh, so they found that 62% of Americans were afraid to visit the dentist. But out of all the, the demographics, millennials were more likely to be afraid of the dentist than any other age group. So keep to fighting the good
3: fight, fellow millennials. I have a great dentist. I love my dentist. She's so gentle and kind. She has cable TV on right in front of me, so I just watch. Does she
2: have one on the ceiling?
3: No, it's like kind of connected. It's like a movable one, sort of connected to the light. So you yeah. just are looking right where you're supposed to look, and you just catch up on your morning news and see what Al's cooking on the Today Show, and you know you're yeah. off and running.
4: Hmm. Uh, Man, that's so, a disgusting <laughs> slice. Cool. Jesse. Pretty, pretty
0: relevant. So, 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 my other slice is. An interesting form of activism that took place at the Museum of Modern Art in New York this week. Um, yeah. When visitors were about to go into the museum, they were approached by people on the street who offered to um, tell them about this app that they could download that would enhance their museum going experience. And what it was is that they had used um, like geolocating technology to create an augmented reality exhibit on top of the paintings and works at art at Dang. at at MoMA in New York. So So essentially, if you were visiting the museum, you download this app, you could hold up your phone and instead of seeing the painting or work of art on the wall, you would see one from a member of the public. Um, And they also... So MOMAR, the activist group who created this um, bit of augmented reality activism that they didn't have permission from uh, MoMA to do, described themselves as a nonprofit, non-owned, and and it exists in the absence of privatized structures. Their goal... they said is um, is that as with any establishment, be they media, church or government, the richest galleries are canonized to the point where the public's role and contribution is reduced to the passive observer. So they set up a site where people could submit their own artwork and have it digitally placed in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And. Um, I think it's a, that's a cool, cool, yeah, yeah a cool way of acting. It's not destroying anything, uh, you know. No one, I feel like with augmented reality, no one know, owns like the this kind of digital space. So yeah, yeah why, why not try
3: something like this? This is like common. That's what he's talking about. No, that's On a, the man. Microsoft that's a, that a man. That's a man. That's
2: a man. Yeah, that's a man. It is. All right. What do you have, Annie? Okay, so let's talk fashion from the Oscars just for a second, guys. Mm, Yes, I need you to stay with me because this is hugely interesting. I think, you know, one of the things. Did y'all watch the Oscars? I'm sure y'all did. Of course, right? every second. Yeah. I
3: did not.
1: I did not. I watched
2: okay. it. Okay. No kidding. All right.
3: I loved
1: it. It was amazing.
0: Can I be honest? It was pretty yeah. boring. It was. There was, I felt <laughs> well, like.
1: I mean, I, saw I was. Every, I was watching all the season finales of my HBO shows that that night. Sunday night, the HBO is like oh, cause is, Yeah, it was, it was the season finale of crashing. It was and, great.
3: Yeah. Annie, sorry to co-opt your slice
1: here. Is that the right no, word? No. I've
3: been kind of into that word lately. Did I say it the use it the right way? No.
1: You didn't co-opt no. it. You just like intruded on it. Yeah, I knew I knew I didn't use it right. Soul. You soul. Don't edit that did.
3: out though. I need people to know that I'm not perfect and not the best <laughs> podcaster. <laughs>
2: Annie. So could we leave one segment in where Eddies not perfect <laughs> but A-F-D. really
3: helpful? Did you agree with the best picture uh, winner which was The Shape of Water?
2: I thought the shape of water was a really good movie, so i, I don't
1: I, I disagree.
3: I,
2: I didn't see them all
1: I, I, I thought it was flat. I thought it was trying to be something that it wasn't, and it was just strange and not compelling it was it was bestiality with a fish. it was weird there wow. was no, there was wow, no wow, chemistry wow. there was no love story that that you get wrapped mm-hmm. up in mm-hmm. it was just literally like it went from 0 to 60 like there's an egg they're, and then they're having that. sex it's and weird
3: I, and i hate yes, to like double I down agree. on
1: this with you but like what's your opinion
3: about the movie <laughs> okay so Amy,
2: what did you
6: think <laughs>
2: yeah apparently cameron really had feels yeah. i thought the movie was interesting i thought the ending that i don't want to spoil was very moving the very really? ending really with me see i thought the, they were trying
1: part? to make it moving and it didn't get there I th- I felt the whole thing was like them going, hey, we're going to go for an Oscar, so we should do this. And then it was just like ineffective. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was flat. I
0: like the soundtrack a lot. I'll say this, guys. Here's my opinion. I was going to watch it on the plane, but instead I watched three episodes. <laughs> the, the only three episodes available of Rob Lowe's short-lived sitcom, <laughs> The Grinder. Um, <laughs> that they just bleed over
3: and over and no, over. No, <laughs> literally,
0: there were three episodes of Rob Lowe's The Grinder. That was like the only thing in the comedy TV section. I
6: don't know why that
0: show was canceled, because on repeat viewings, it's... It's pretty good. <laughs> on repeat viewings, it's it's pretty good. You it gotta holds give it, up. It I holds would say up, this yeah. if you're looking to go back and watch The Grinder, if you can find it, if you're on an Ethiopian air, watch the first three episodes, <laughs> then watch them again.
6: <laughs> and, watch them again, again. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> oh, I can see why this is
0: canceled. Watch them again. Darian yeah. started starting to set at that point. Yeah. And it's it start just the land more.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. Now I have a question though. If you didn't like shape of water, any of you, what movie would you have wanted?
1: I pulled them up, uh, Annie, uh, here were the nominees for people to refresh your memory. The shape of water darkest hour, which was the Winston Churchill, uh, you know, uh, movie, uh, Dunkirk, phantom thread, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, uh, Missouri, get like out the post, Call me by your name and Lady Bird. Hey. Here, Jesse, not to rub it in, but I I want to be honest with you. I I watched four of those movies <gasps> on my plane. No, oh, wow. I watched Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I have like seen Billboards. the the Post and The Shape of Water and Lady Bird previously. So you've seen them all, and I have not seen Call Me by Your Name. That's the only one I hadn't seen. How about Dunkirk, huh? Dunkirk's amazing. I'm so glad the post didn't win because I felt that also was another one that was trying to win the Oscar and it was flat. Oh, do
0: do you feel, I, I mean, I feel like out of the ones that I've seen that get out, I feel like should have won. I feel like it, it it was groundbreaking for a lot of reasons, but also it spoke to like a social issue in a very interesting way. Um, when you're looking back at the, at the, at the year, uh, 2018, like the shape of what, and this is what they're kind of talking, you know, Daz and the the team is talking about later in that segment. I don't feel like the shape of water says anything about the era that we're in. Yeah, right? that's like it, 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 but I feel like get out does. And I, and I don't know. I feel like that would have been I mean, the, the post. Could,
1: you could make the argument for the post under that argument, you know, <laughs> yeah. free speech, press, stuff like that. Um, I thought, I mean, I almost thought like Phantom Thread would win just for like it's Daniel Day-Lewis's, you know, going away prize. You know what I mean? Yeah, is yeah. <laughs> it? Um,
6: yeah.
1: Well, it's his final film. Yeah. He's retiring yeah. from yeah. acting. That's right. And so, you know but I, I loved. I mean, honestly, just how, which one did I enjoy the most? I mean, I loved three board, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I did too. Really? It was so unexpected. Every time you then figured out, oh, yep. good guy, bad guy. 20 minutes later, you have different opinions about the people and you are challenged to rethink stereotypes and who's right and who's wrong. I thought it was phenomenal. Also, Lady Bird, obviously, too. with the redemption. Yeah. I, I, Lady Bird, I thought was fantastic, I was too. I Lady yeah.
2: Bird didn't win anything because I yeah. feel like that film is significantly yeah. better than it was given credit for on Sunday night. I, and I, and I,
1: I don't know if any of y'all are into historical biopics or whatever, but Darkest Hour was phenomenal. It was an, an engrossing performance. He per- I mean,
3: he car- I mean the, as a movie, though, yeah. I don't think it was. No, that's the most, right. He, it was. Him. It was a great airplane movie.
1: Yeah, and the yeah. good thing
3: about him is that he was on screen the whole time, so he just yeah. was so fascinating. Well, and I
1: actually learned things about Winston Churchill, the man, that I didn't know. So, yeah. you know I'm assuming it was accurate. You
3: know, it's interesting is where that that movie ends. If you watch it and then watch Dunkirk. Like the, I literally did,
1: but that's where isn't it funny? Like <laughs> I wasn't gonna watch Dunkirk because right. it was you know i went in the mood for like a violent movie, but I watched The Dark Sour, right. and then I was like, wow, I've got to go watch Dunkirk now. So yeah. I did. Oh, it's so wow. funny though. It
3: ends with him. It ends with him sending the civilian army to Dunkirk, and then you watch Dunkirk. Dunkirk. It's, it's, like Dunkirk. A, it's, it's what crazy. It,
1: it, what I feel
0: like that the Oscars historically have had like a bias against comedy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you kind of I feel like mediocre dramas make it over like great comedies totally. and I feel like the movie I would I would thought would have been a good gesture to have like nominated I don't think it should have won but I feel like the big sick deserved more recognition um, I agree. that was a I, great movie I felt like it was a great movie it talked about you know it touched on you know issues like immigration and, and race and religion in really interesting ways and also sort of uh, you know millennial uh, like the the whole idea of you know waiting to kind of settle down and, and going for your dream I felt like it had a lot of things that seemed very timely but also in kind of a timeless really good story and but but again you, movies like that generally don't get the, the kind of recognition that even what I consider some mediocre dramas like the post get
3: yeah I agree a lot of good movies though I well, mean it was just still I thought a lot of people said it wasn't a good year for movies but I, I disagree yeah, I, I I, I so my
2: slice is why we're here oh my
3: gosh that's right what Do you have any
2: right so oh. my slice wow i was like what do you
6: there
2: got right there was one of the one of the introducers is that the word no one of the people who does the
6: um, presenters. presenters
2: thank you presenters okay so it was tiffany haddish and maya rudolph and it was hysterical for starters yes. but but also what are
3: you about to talk about tiffany
2: haddish's outfit yes this is the best this is the best. I love this. Place. So Tiffany Haddish wore this really beautiful white dress and, and it is and it broke every rule in Hollywood because she wore it on the red carpet to open her film girls trip. She wore it to host SNL and then she wore it on the Oscars because she said it's an Alexander McQueen and I spent $4,000 on it. I will keep wearing it. I'll just Febreze it every time. And I think that is brilliant. So my question to you dudes is, do you even notice that stuff when women wear the same dresses like we do?
3: No. No. I didn't notice it. No, but when I heard about it later, I was like, oh, that's right. That's the SNL right. dress because she just so clearly talked about it. She like made such a clear joke about it. Yeah. yeah. And then she came back on weekend update and was wearing it again. I thought it yep. was great. Yeah, yeah I, I think don't it's think great. it's
0: I don't think it's like because guys could wear the same tuxedo Dude. every single year. and No one would know you guys, right.
2: right.
3: You guys yeah. know I you have I talked to you about the same clothing thing. I no. just ordered a trial shirt that if this shirt works, uh-huh. I'm ordering 10 of them and I'm getting uh-huh. rid of everything and wearing only the shirt. You're really like You're
1: it's, it looks a lot like your shirt. You're locking
3: it in. I'm wow. locking in black polo, uh-huh. no pants, Man, sandals. Wait, what? No, no pants. I'll wear pants.
1: <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> no pants. I have uh, but, a friend who has 10 V-neck, no, five V-neck and five crew neck black shirts and he just rotates every day.
1: Oh my. All Derek Webb uh, wears is a white t-shirt. Yeah. yeah I'm tired uniform. of thinking about it and
3: I'm I'm living my best life
0: you're, now. You're Andrew W. K's been doing this for, for like you know, twenty years. Just the he looks like a house painter and he just owns it. You I know? don't
3: think that generally I don't think generally a Guy would ever notice or care. I feel like The only thing I care about is like, does she like her own outfit? But if she wore that, I got to be honest, even having this conversation with this slice, even if she was wearing that white dress again in her next public appearance, 1% chance I notice it like it's just not
1: on a radar. But I do like that. It's like the long con. It's the long joke. I (laughs) like that. I like that. She's well,
3: she also (laughs) grew up in, I I believe poverty. Like she has a real sense of like not how I think she didn't you grow up? Like being kind of moved around the foster care system. that's right. And I think it's just—I mean, I think it
2: is saying a statement because there is this pressure that every time you're seen publicly, you have to look different. I mean, I feel that on when I'm speaking on stages that if I wear the same shirt twice and people take pictures with me twice, that I that it's embarrassing or stupid or I don't know. And so the pressure is there, maybe more for women than for men, but the pressure is there to to look different every time you're seen publicly. Oh yeah. And that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: If, if I'm like, yeah, the only time I really think about it is like if I got a big event and I need to hit up a- you know, TJ Maxx, and you know, get some new duds. Not stress, you know. Get otherwise, I just blindly walk into my closet and close this my is, eyes and just grab something. You know,
2: this is why Jesse shows up with his suit wrinkled in a garment bag for Christmas parties, Cameron. Because right, right. of that conversation, look right
0: fine, Annie. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> Cameron. Hey, it's the same thing. I've worn that jacket for like four Christmas parties in a row.
6: Four Christmas and parties I in a I don't row. Care.
2: I mean, I just think this is such an interesting difference between men and women cuz like we haven't talked about a single woman who wears the same thing every day but we keep talking about men y'all everybody knows dudes who wear and Eddie's about to be one i think uh-huh. it's an interesting difference that maybe there are women should tell us if they're out there that wear the exact same thing every day
3: let me ask you a question do you think and of course we're just again sweeping generalities here do you think that that is a issue like is that reality brought on by women's perception of each other or men's perception of women or some other factor
2: oh a thousand percent women's perception of each other
3: interesting so
2: it's not i think
3: so it's not like guy they're the oh i see so you're thinking uh, unpack that for me how about I, i i say it that
2: way okay i'm way less concerned about if i was dating someone i'm way less concerned about him seeing me in the same outfit than I am all my girlfriends seeing me in the same outfit. If right. I'm being like, if I'm in a bad unhealthy place of myself,
6: yeah, hmm. I'm
2: way, I'm it way more is about what the women are going to think about what I'm wearing than what the dude is going to think. Because I'll wearing.
1: tell you the guy doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. Right now. Here's
3: my question. Do you think the fish in shape of water would care? Because that's a whole different
1: frontier. <laughs> well, it depends is does she smell like eggs or not? <laughs> mm,
3: that's right with, with his big I yeah mean, the fact that they were sharing eggs I'm like what a disgusting it literally was food. bestiality
2: I'm glad you just called it what it is Cameron because literally that's, I mean like, he was a fish was.
3: man he wasn't yeah. it
0: wasn't just like a no, dolphin or something no, no, no it, it
1: was a beast yeah that, it was not that movie totally jumped the shark yeah it alive. was I think that's Oh, <laughs> he literally air high five me because it was really bad pun. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's, <laughs> that's why I, I also like that you return the air was high like, five. I'm, a, I'm, always, I'm an encouraging, well, yeah. high five returner. You're gonna, gonna high five.
2: It was cute to watch. I'll be the first to admit it was cute to watch.
1: We'll high five. We'll air high five. We won't touch. I don't know why we're.
3: High-fiving. I don't remember the last time we actually <laughs> made physical say? contact. I would not uh,
0: high five because of that joke. But uh, you know, all um, right, what
3: do you have, Eddie? Hey, I was gonna do a twofer, but I think uh, we probably don't yeah. have time for that. So, Annie, I'm gonna give you a choice. Do you want a kind of current state of technology, something interesting thing, sociological question to talk about? Or do you want a sort of like good news story that probably doesn't have as much like meat to it, but it's just a good news story?
2: Well, let bring bring the meat one, put it in a box and bring it to us.
3: <laughs> Lee Corso style <laughs> very good Lee give Corso us the Corso style
2: that's all right that's the end of the joke well done Cameron
3: so many years ago I got I've I've supported one Kickstarter in my entire life and it was for something called the light phone And I've been talking about this light phone for a while. I was trying hardcore to get us to beat them to be sponsors. I don't know how sponsors work. I didn't call them. I didn't. I don't know what to do,
0: but I just was like, did you just open your window and shout light phone? It's it's almost like Michael (laughs) Scott
3: declaring
1: bankruptcy. Yeah. I
3: declare bankruptcy. It was almost exactly that. I'm like, (laughs) but I love this light phone and I've talked about it on the show before. And the light phone essentially is a credit card size phone uh-huh. the light phone one is a credit card size phone that does a single thing it makes and receives phone calls there is no text. It, there is no it, camera. i thought it does text no 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 this is the light phone one okay, okay so this company came out and the whole idea of the light phone is to disconnect from your phone realizing that you still want to have a telephone in your pocket you could enter in 10 speed dials and say so i got a light phone i liked it i oh really enjoyed, you I, got it i enjoyed it thoroughly I and I then remember, um yeah my carrier stopped supporting it and I could no longer use it. So I've got this light phone that I don't use, but I loved it. Can when it I eBay when it, worked, it? I could eBay it for 30 whole dollars. So <laughs> light phone one came out, but the problem with the light phone one was always that it didn't have text messaging because I can't remember the last time I made a phone call. I text constantly. This is kind of how the right. communication. So the new yeah. light phone two has come out and they've clearly heard the replies of their customers. And so now this one offers phone calls very generic texting like it is and it's like an e-ink it's still a credit card size it's like an e-ink kind of screen and uh and it offers the ability to like call uber but it's not the app you just like click a button that says take me home and they somehow have worked into their back end working through the uber app but this new light phone too they're saying is basically a complete option To disconnect from your iPhone, no more, no more iPhone. You've got exactly what you need in your pocket to get through day to day life, modern life, modern life. That's awesome. So it's come out, it's coming out in 2019, and this isn't like a product announcement. But the interesting thing is, the first Light Phone, nobody really talked about. I mean, it was just it. I just, I don't know how I heard about it. This next one, people are writing articles about it. It's really blown up, and it has become a thing because people are there has just been a strong response. I think now because it has text messaging people are generally, there seems to be a real perceived need that they have answered that they want to get rid of. They want yeah. a dumb phone. They want a dumber phone. They want that to be their primary phone and it's hard to do and it's not. So
2: calling, texting Uber, those are the things that Calling
3: it does. texting Uber. That is what it does. And you can save um, numbers in your speed dial. So you can yeah. call
2: 10 of them, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, 10 of them. I mean, you can call like your fish boyfriend if he has a phone or whatever you need to do, right? Right. So but it'd have to be a underwater phone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. And we he's got he's webbed
0: f- fingers. I don't know if the interface... I, we can call right, that It's going to be longer, harder, harder
3: for him to even yeah. pick up his sonic clicks yeah.
2: either. <laughs> right. Right. <Yeah.
3: laughs> Anyhow, I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that there has been such a strong reply to it. Curious what you all think. I definitely will get this phone. Really? Oh, yeah. When it comes out in mass... I will get this phone and get rid of my iPhone because this will be I needed text messaging on the first one. That's why I couldn't primarily switch to it because why not?
2: Well, my friend Gabe that has one kept his iPhone and he just used his light phone on dates with Rebecca or when they are when he's doing work or something. So so I don't think it has to be one or the other.
3: No, no, no. That's correct. Not to get too into light phone, but the reason he's able to do that is because he can forward through his he turns on his iphone and clicks forward and it forwards everything to his light phone depending right. on what carrier you have some do that some don't mine does not uh, so, so you're saying Got like
0: it. if you're on a, if yeah you're on a date or you're hanging out with your kids or your friends or something you don't want right. to be distracted you can just right. carry the light phone That's as, right. yeah i mean I, this all sounds like great so apple watch I would can never do that too it.
1: It, you can call it you can text it and mm-hmm. you don't have to have your phone yeah. on you
3: I just think that this has possibly signaled, and maybe this is pie in the sky or maybe maybe it's true, but it seems as though it has signaled sort of a bringing back a dumber phone. Like the pendulum is swinging and it's like, actually, we don't want the, all this connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. We want this. Or is it we say we want this, but in reality, we probably still have an iPhone on the side that we're using and mm-hmm. we still have yeah. an iPad and we still have – I'm just –
6: Is it bad
2: if it's on the side? Does that mean it's because part of me says like that feels like a good middle. Yeah. We aren't going to get rid of our iPhones for everyone's not going to throw that away. Right. Yeah. And so so. is it a middle ground that is a healthy middle ground that there are times when you want to disconnect and now there is a way you can do that and still be available to your most immediate people.
1: Okay. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Ava DuVarnay joins us. to Natalie Prass. The song is Short Court Style. Love that song.
4: Yeah, so good.
1: Well, this week's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. HelloFresh is super convenient. You can just choose your delivery day for when it works best for your busy schedule. You can even pause your account for weeks at a time when you're out of town, which I just did. Uh, all the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe and it's delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly and there are three plans to choose from, a classic, veggie, and family. HelloFresh makes it easy to cook, delicious, balanced dinners for less than 10 bucks a meal and it's not very time-consuming. It takes about 30 minutes. I've been getting HelloFresh for uh, months now, and it has actually made me start cooking. It's really great. Right now, HelloFresh is offering Relevant podcast listeners a special deal. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit hellofresh.com relevant and enter offer code relevant30 to get $30 off your first week. Great deal. Do it. Well, this week, the big screen adaptation of the Christian sci-fi novel, A Wrinkle in Time, hits theaters. The movie is directed by Ava DuVernay, who became the first woman of color ever to direct a film with a budget over $100 million. The filmmaker is also known uh, for movies like the critically acclaimed 13th and Selma, as well as creating the TV show Queen Sugar uh, and directing the latest video from Jay-Z and Beyonce. We recently spoke with Ava about A Wrinkle in Time, her career, and how films can make a difference. Here is Ava DuVernay.
4: selma 13th uh you obviously had a a lot of opportunities what was it about this movie this adaptation that appealed to you that made you decide this is the direction i want to go
9: yeah you know i i i wanted to do something outside of uh, what i'd done before i was interested in sci-fi i was also interested in, um, story, a story with a girl at the center or a woman at the center. Mm-hmm. Previously, I'd made Selma and I'd made my series Queen Sugar that had an ensemble cast and I'd made 13th, which was uh, a documentary. And so, you know, I wanted to get back to a woman centered story. Uh, I was offered the book by Disney and I uh, wasn't familiar with it. Uh, read it and immediately felt that it was mine. Uh, really fell in love with the character at the time that, um, the, the book, was presented to me, and, and as I was entering pre-production, mm-hmm. uh, my father passed away, and um, you know, the film was about the book is about a girl who's lost her father, and um, and so there were some connections there that were personal to me, and I really felt uh, responsibility to take the story in my hands and deliver this classic that had been around for sixty plus years, and try to tell it uh, with with kind of every ounce of my heart.
4: What do you, to, to what do you owe, now that you're very familiar with it and you've obviously had been, uh, like, you've, you've been knee deep in it for a few months now, what do you think it is that's given it such, uh, so much enduring relevance? Why it was written in the 60s, why do you think it still really clicks today?
9: It's about um, universal themes of light and darkness within us, within the universe, in societies and communities and, and in, our, in various countries, all that can be applied but this conversation about lightness and darkness, about the the best in us and the worst of us, and how to reconcile those in each other and in ourselves, is that is what is at the core of the book. And so, you know, those are deeply emotional themes that people are dealing with in their everyday lives. And um, you know, I think it's what resonates for people.
4: Do you think that subject of of lightness and darkness with uh, within the movie? Um, is, it, uh, is it something that's difficult? You, you've, you've made your name and people know you for, uh, for movies that seem like, at least on paper, that look like they have sort of a, a smaller scope. Is it difficult when you're making a movie like this to maintain that same level of, of emotion, of, of personal resonance when you have a movie that's this big and, and uh, that's filmed with a lot of green screen work? Oh, uh,
9: yeah. You know what? It's actually difficult in any film to uh, penetrate plot and get to a personal place. When you see a film that actually has scenes that shimmer with an intimacy and an interiority, you're really looking at something that's very difficult to do, whether it's on a a green screen scene or whether it's two people talking in a living room. Um, So you know, just that the skill set to do that is one that um, I've tried to hone. And can, will continue to to do a lot to learn, a lot to practice. Uh, but it's a space where I feel feel comfortable, and I like to be. And so I just applied everything I know about that kind of work to wrinkle, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a joy to do so.
4: I, I want to return to the subject of lightness and darkness, and which is obviously a very central theme to the book. That's something that people have have always felt. There's always been this this sort of sense that there's lightness and darkness in all reality, and uh, and we we all have to choose a side in it. Um, and those questions kind of roll in and out. Uh, they, they take on different forms depending on current events and what's in the headlines. But what do you think is specifically in this movie that is going to speak to people who, who are feeling like there's a lot of darkness in the world right now? Because there is. Uh, what do you think might be some, some lessons or some themes that will speak specifically to them?
9: Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the book and the movie is about an embrace of hope and the ways in which we do that the journey that it takes each person, the journey that each person can take to get to a place where you live in a hopeful space. It doesn't mean to be naive and it doesn't mean to uh, turn your back on tragedy. I mean, in this story, the girl is having a, you know, kind of, really a tragic family moment with her father having disappeared, not knowing where her loved one is, something that a lot of people experience through death through incarceration, mm-hmm. uh, different kinds of separation. Um, but through that, she, in, in her quest to find him, it's really her finding herself and a hope within herself, a way to proceed through tragedy with, with joy. Um, you know, I, I think it's really hard to live life in a hopeless space. You know, I'm a student of history, and while this might feel dark, like a dark time for many, um, it's not our darkest time, you know what I mean? Uh, there have been, there've been times, times far darker than this, and so I think it's important to, uh, you know, while we foreground ourselves in the present moment, we have to do so with a real acknowledgement of the past and how far we've come, mm-hmm. and uh, an acknowledgement of hope for the future, you know, and we hear those words, hope for the future, it's something that's said a lot, but when you really break them down, it's that, you know, there's the steps that we take our forward movement, um, need to be centered in a sense that there's more to do, and there's more available to us, and there's, um, you know, cause for celebration and a promise of possibility, and all of those things are something to smile about and something to be filled with light about.
1: That was Ava DuVarnay. Uh, for more from Ava and more about wrinkling Time, check out the feature uh, we did with her in the brand new issue of Relevant Magazine. Available now. Do- Saint, too, Hop along. Song is How Simple. Well, this weekend, uh, Guillermo del Toro's sci-fi drama The Shape of Water took home the Oscar for Best Picture. In light of the discussion around the film and the Oscars' relevance, Tyler Daswick hosted a roundtable discussion with a few of our favorite film critics to discuss the most important Best Picture winners of recent years and why the film's can have such a major impact on culture and the way people think about social issues. Here is... Our very first Big Picture Roundtable.
10: Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Tyler Aswick, senior writer at Relevant, and uh, joining me for a discussion today. About best picture. We're asking what makes a good best picture winner in light of the Oscars on Sunday. So joining me, I have two uh, friends of the podcast. Uh, Our first guest, he is a culture writer and the host of the Cinemaholics podcast. It's John Negroni.
8: Hey, so good to be here.
10: And our second illustrious guest, She is a freelance writer for places like Think Christian and Birth Movies Death. It's Abby Olchesi. Hi. John, Abby, the Oscars were Sunday night. Uh, they went mm. pretty chalk, a little bit as expected, um, and we have uh, a new Best Picture winner to kind of join uh, the annals of, of movie fame, um, and we're going to talk about Shape of Water at the end of the show, but first, what what I've been really thinking about and what I want us to talk about today is, what does it mean for a movie to be a good Best Picture winner? What makes the right choice when something wins best picture. Um, So that's kind of where I want to start the conversation. So what makes a good best picture winner? What do you want? What are your expectations or hopes when we're leading up to the Oscars and uh, you're thinking about best picture and you're maybe picking for one movie or writing for one movie? So, Abby, we'll start with you. What do you want out of a best picture winner at the Oscars?
11: Sure. Um... Let's see. I think cultural relevance is always really important. Uh, I think it's good that a Best Picture winner kind of reflect what's going on at the time that it's made. Um, I also um, have kind of always seen the Oscars as sort of a, a larger cultural ambassador for movies to people who may not always have access to all of the movies that get nominated so ideally I, I want something that is culturally relevant that speaks to where we are in history and that also kind of makes a good statement as this is the best art that we produced this year this is the thing that is most worth your time
10: so does that mean that the movie in your mind kind of has to like carry a, a certain message or like social significance
11: um i think it's helpful when it does um I also think that if it if it just um, dramatically does something that's really groundbreaking and interesting, um, or if it's really well received by like both critics and audiences, I think that's a pretty good representation. Um, something that really makes it stand out um, instead of something that just feels like this is a safe choice that everybody feels okay about.
8: John, what do you think? You know, I was I was just thinking that. This is kind of a new thing, because the thing you brought up about social commentary sort of being like an underlying thing in these best picture winners, that's kind of new. I mean, if you look at movies uh, over the past few decades, it used to be a thing where, you know, movies like Do the Right Thing wouldn't even get nominated, but Driving Miss Daisy would win, right? And we're we're just starting to see movies uh, come out each year that aren't just really great movies that I would say are worth being honored, but they're, you know, they're actually movies that have something to say beyond like just like a very straightforward traditional formulaic kind of, you know, there's a reason we call things Oscar bait. Right. Sure. But as, as far as like what I, what I want out of a best picture movie, I mean, I honestly think that art is so subjective. Everyone's always going to be disappointed every year. I've never met somebody who has told me that their favorite movie was also like a best picture winner. Um, And maybe they're out there, but like it's they're really hard to find. And I think that in, in one sense, because art is so subjective, we do kind of find ways to sort of fit the Oscar system into something useful for us as people who love film, right? We don't have control over who wins best picture. It's a very nebulous thing, but it does matter in the sense that people watch the best picture nominees and people go back in time and they look at, okay, this movie won best picture in 1950. That means something. I'm going to watch this movie. So I, it's important to me what wins best picture because it is sort of like a time capsule. And I think as we already said, it, it does, it does have sort of a relevance. It kind of takes you back to what the mood was in the year that it came out. And I love going through the exercise of in recent years too, but you know, examining movies that did win. And sometimes they're movies that, that were, maybe they were good or whatever, but maybe they they almost are anti the mood that they came out in and they can tell <laughs> mm-hmm. you just as much about whatever year than a movie that won because it was Citizen Kane or it won because it was Singing in the Rain, which I don't even think it was nominated now that I think about it. But uh, I, I love looking at this and I love examining, you know, uh, in recent years and going back in time and stuff like, wow, do we really like these movies that came out that were that yeah. won the Oscars? I think most of the time we don't know what's worth being best picture until a year or two down the road.
10: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I think I think what I want most out of a Best Picture winner is in three years, five years, ten years, I want to look back and be like, oh, yeah, that, that movie is still sort of important to me. That movie still matters. I think it, it's weird. It kind of has to strike a balance between like signifying that moment, but also having a sort of like permanence to it or like a sort of like transient property that, lets it sort of carry forward and persist in a weird way.
11: I think that's a good point. Um, And I wanted to actually, um, I I appreciated, John, what what you said about um, it being... Uh, looking looking back at at previous winners and considering whether or not we we think that they've really endured because I feel like that tends to be kind of the legacy of the best picture winner uh, for the Academy Award is that often you'll look back at it a few years later and say really that was the one that won like I think Crash is like the perfect example of that like that was the movie that took that (laughs) Mm -hmm. year and pretty much almost immediately after it won people were noting how problematic it was and how much they regretted the fact that it won.
10: So, guys, so we have uh, we have the Argos of, of the Best Picture landscape, and we have the Twelve Years a Slave, and we have the Hurt Locker's, um, and we have the Moonlight's, and all this stuff. So, taking all that into account, uh, I'm really curious what you guys think about how we will think of the Shape of Water, this year's Best Picture winner going forward. Is this a movie to you that will, uh, sort of persist as a strong best picture winner?
11: I think it will. I think, um, it's, it will persist as, um, at the very least a piece of art that holds up. I think, get out not winning for me still feels kind of like a missed opportunity um, since I think it feels more immediately relevant and a better representation um, culturally of things right now. But I also think the Shape of Water is kind of more in line with what the Academy tries to project a lot of the time, which is sort of the optimism and unifying power of cinema, um, which is also a thing that really ages well as art. So I think it may not be the option that I would have chosen necessarily but I again I see why it was picked and I think it probably will hold up a few years down the line as something that is good and creative and a good representation of what art had to offer in 2017. That was our
1: big picture roundtable. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback.
5: Look at the much anticipated film Paul Apostle of Christ by checking out the novelization of Paul's incredible life, in which Paul and Luke race against time and history to deliver the gospel to the world. The book, available now, describes even more scenes and flashbacks not shown on screen. Paul, Apostle of Christ, in theaters nationwide on March 23rd. For more information, visit Bethanyhouse.com.
1: You're listening to Brother Sundance. The song is Monsters. Uh, well, it's time for your feedback. And if you've been listening to the show for the last few weeks, we've started a brand new segment, the listener of the week, little inside baseball. We just uh, tried to record one with one of our uh, awesome listeners. And we have some technical time. issues. So we will be inviting her back on the show next week. Oh, yeah. So we'll take a little hiatus.
3: Oh, yeah. And just as a little sneak peek, she's interesting. Yeah.
0: Oh, Very for sure. Way for better sure. than any of us. Yeah. I, I, she is a master of a, of a, of a sinister martial art that I'm busy image searching right now. Guys, <laughs> it's all grabbing people in the face. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I cannot wait to talk to this woman. Also, yeah. she's
3: going to be the right person to ask questions about how exactly in shape of water, like he was able to breathe.
6: Oh yeah. Oh, like, that's right. So oh, my gosh, that's
3: you're right. right. That's good. Right? She's a respiratory have
1: a lot specialist of... who
0: knows
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. the sweet this face grabbing great. martial
1: so art. So don't yeah. miss that next week. Our listen of mm- the week. do back. Uh, it is now time for
8: Editorial Question of the
1: Week last week uh, we asked you how you would spend 42 million dollars but there's a catch hilariously (laughs) <laughs> How would you hilariously spend <laughs> and it 42 can't help anybody million dollars? Yeah. No, no. yeah. Uh, it, it was inspired by the fact that Jeff Bezos is uh, doing a 10,000 year clock at the base of a mountain he owns and uh, to the hefty price tag of $42 million. I thought this is the most biggest waste of money, but then it got us thinking about other ways to waste that kind of money. And uh, you guys hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcasts. And you also posted your replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. <laughs> Here's a few of our favorites.
0: Okay. So, Scott Corrin, you know, we specifically said you can't give the money away, but yeah. he's doing it so hilariously, we'll let it okay. slide <laughs> because <laughs> this is a way that he would give all the money away that would be completely unhelpful to everyone. Uh, so, Scott did some math, and because the, the, the population of the United States, uh, it's over 300 million people, he broke it down. Each person person would technically get 12.85 cents. So in his math 12 15% of the population could get 12 cents and 85 would get 13. This helps nobody. What are you going to do with 13 cents?
1: Nothing. This is like those class action lawsuits where you get like an email or a letter in the mail yeah, where you're yeah, like yeah. you're you're entitled to your 75 cents from yeah. Facebook. And it's like wait, what the
6: and they, then He
0: says plus how would I I would have to figure out a way to get 13 cents to each person it would be a colossal waste the amount of pennies I love that Scott Corn F- F- figure out a way to waste his entire fortune in a way that literally helps not one person. <laughs>
2: that is, listen. The most amazing thing to me about this segment, as the newest person on the show, is that our people are the funniest and the weirdest. Like they think up crazy stuff like that, and I love it. This guy Josh Wright said he would buy a uh, forty-two million dollars worth of tickets to a Justin Timberlake concert, and then. He- when the arena was empty, because he had bought all the tickets, he would just tell Justin Timberlake he'd been punked, and I think that is hysterical. That's just great, an empty arena,
1: or make him perform just for you.
2: Yeah, make you just make him do the whole, whole, show. whole show
1: just for you, and then you know, forty-two yeah. million, you could basically buy up the entire tour.
2: Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, just yeah.
1: travel from city to city. Justin comes out all excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, sold out. And it's always and it's, you and your handful of friends.
1: It's just
0: you. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so it's <laughs> hey Justin, get started, man. We paid for this. Get started. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: Do you think she met the fish on Sea Harmony?
2: Oh, oh no.
0: no. No, no. Please. Hey, hey, shut
3: him down for a little while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
2: a little too high. You lose your yeah. microphone, right? So it sounds like that, buddy.
3: Again, that's Sea Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> <dot com.
2: laughs> hey, Eddie, Jeremiah Dowling's going to spend his whole $42 million to prove to you that holes are real. Yeah, he's going to do use all his money just for that.
3: Well, I, you, it, know, it, you know, it's not going to work, but we're going to have a heck of a helicopter ride together around the Grand Canyon. And it's going to be <laughs> really fun.
6: <laughs> it was so crazy. That it
1: was so crazy to me about the end of, uh, yeah, of the movie. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Their relationship didn't work out, but yeah, it yeah. really wasn't that big of a de- big deal to her. Cause there's plenty of fish in the sea. Ah
3: yes! Oh.
0: <laughs> hey guys, I
1: started watching after five minutes. I was hooked.
3: <laughs> oh, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted instead of feedback.
6: I hope I did one. <laughs> no, but seriously,
0: uh, the, the whole fish romance got to me. I didn't think I was gonna finish. The movie. No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no.
2: <laughs> Microphone removed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I had a funny one here. Oh, <laughs> Josh Jack would buy every candy corn factory in the world and burn them to the ground. It's like, no oh, one's wow. forcing you to eat candy corn, Josh. You don't have to ruin it for yeah, the people I, who <laughs> like it. It's just, a ma- he's a man of principle and I can appreciate that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this guy said, uh, Sean Kerno said, I actually won 42 million before and attempted to buy Google, but accidentally bought 42 million goggles online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still swimming in debt. Oh, we'll keep it. swimming in debt at the water. You were playing,
1: yeah, the water yep. okay. swimming in debt. Yeah. Uh, Ashley McDonald said on Twitter uh, visit every dollar store in the nation, spend it $1 at a time on dashboard hula dancers <laughs> and off brand snacks. Um, uh, Brian Stevenson, oh, went for the jugular. Donate the $42 million to Jimmy Swagger Ministries. Your rule was that the money couldn't do any good for humanity.
6: That's the one I'm gonna read. Shots fired. (laughs) Could you imagine his face? Jimmy
1: Swire's
0: like a forty-two million dollar check. Oh wow, (laughs) mind blown. Uh, Cindy on Twitter posted uh, a GIF of that uh, our our good friend the skier who um, (laughs) ended up not doing any tricks at the Olympics. And Cindy said she would finance her own Olympic mediocre career. I like that idea. If you have enough money, go for it. Why
1: not? Right. All right. Well, there's a lot more where those uh, came from. You can go check them out. It's time for this week's
8: editorial question of the week.
1: And let me just say, can I just put in a
3: little disclaimer here? If you haven't seen The Shape of Water, (laughs) you should know that we didn't know what we were getting into when we sat down at the theater. So you're going to see it and go, did Relevant recommend that? Yeah, I know. Oh, no, that's a strong recommendation. There's a difference
0: between a recommendation and fish puns. That's the important lesson
3: here. My recommendation is that 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 you watch Lady Bird. I would say that. For sure. I would recommend that movie. The Shape of Water, I would no. I would there's say. A,
1: there's a very jarring uh, graphic just, scene at the beginning of the movie that is like unsettling. That basically made everybody
3: really uncomfortable and so now we're making jokes about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. That's
1: how we deal with pain.
2: But I would say see Lady Bird all day, every day.
3: All day, every day. Nothing fishy about that movie.
1: Oh, no.
3: <laughs> no, that's, you know, it still wasn't
0: the that joke. Was, that was it still okay. wasn't. Yeah, was yeah This was, was kind of a little yeah, on can't. the nose, but, you know, I guess.
1: <laughs> okay, so earlier in the show, a long time ago, we were talking about um, <laughs> Jesse's, you know, uh, lovely air travel experience and mm-hmm. also his road trip experience yakking all over Africa. Yeah, um, yeah. Ow. It, it, we, it got us thinking, we want to know your worst or most hilarious travel stories. Yeah. I'm sure there's some real horrendous ones.
2: I often. can't wait. I know. We're going to all gag before this is done. Yeah, Oh Totally. Hey, uh before we wrap this
1: show up, I, I just saw him walking by. Um uh, I want to welcome uh Mr. Calvin Kearley to the show. Calvin, come on. So a little behind the scenes, our our podcast studio has glass doors and and I saw Calvin walking like a by fishbowl in here. and we waved him in. <laughs> it's like a fishbowl in here. <laughs> we waved like like him a a in because uh, 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 Eddie was right. I We're can't. circling it we're Circling mm-hmm. it, yeah. There's, but, chum, there's Chum in the water, right? See, God, this feels oh, good. What? Well, that's what that's earlier. I- oh. Calvin, welcome <laughs> yes. to the show Thanks. again. Uh, Calvin Gearly, yeah, uh, that's Miss Annie F. Downs. Hi, pleasure. Um, Annie is a we were talking about author, the Oscars speaker and podcaster. Uh, we we oh, we we're talking about the Oscars, Calvin, and we got talking about fish, uh, the, shape, the, the of water. Shape, shape of water. Of water. Yeah. Oh. See, that? see that movie, the fish out of water. I didn't, and uh, just it's it's sum it up for you there's <laughs> a <and>, fish, there's a lady. <laughs> They they get it on. Naturally romance. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> Naturally a
2: <naturally>. romance. <laughs>
1: naturally. And so... It's a documentary. Right. Right. It's kind of <laughs> low-hanging fruit, you know. <laughs> the fish was, so was such a catch. I've seen this movie so cool. many times. It such a catch. He was such a catch. Well, that's the thing. Is like Channel, we, we, was that you? you know, Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, so so Eddie's oh been circling the puns, it, yeah. okay, circling yeah. the puns, right. and he hasn't quite landed the yeah, plane has yet. has been able to finish. Ah, uh, see, just try that's right. That's right.
6: Hold on, getting warm at the end of the movie.
1: Just so you know, a little spoiler alert: their relationship doesn't work out, but it's fine for her because there's plenty of fish in the water. Right. So there's just you know
3: she got on Sea Harmony. That was fish in the water. That's what led
2: us off with Sea Harmony. So here.
3: What yeah. what we're saying is I don't want to put you on like the comedy spot but right. like we're just going to finish the show with you on the microphone okay? and yeah. just see if the Lord puts anything on your heart. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Bring, him I, I don't
2: bring him into this. I should say Zeus.
1: It was a big hmm. it's a big beast Poseidon. man, a big fish man. Poseidon. Yes. Yeah, they I've like seen... they like eggs. <laughs> he lives so in the ocean. Damn. So good. And she joins him there. Well, I'm. Uh, well, now you've spoken. When maybe. there's
4: a gill, there's a way. Yeah, there's a
1: job.
2: Because
1: she really wanted to make it work. And so she was afraid to tell him. there's right. a
2: gill, there's a way. Um, but he doesn't even know how good that works.
1: Yeah. Uh, On a scale of 1 to
6: 10? I thought it was a
1: 2. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Keep going. Yeah. 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 We need more. We need more. Many thanks to uh, this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. Also, thanks to HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash relevant and enter relevant30. You 30 know what I say about the deal? Holy mackerel. Holy that's mackerel. a good deal. Okay. Nah, yeah. Also, thanks to our guest, Ava DuVarnay. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter <laughs> at Ava. I mean, that's baller status right there. Just at AVA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and go check out A Wrinkle in Time. It's in theaters now. came out this weekend. <laughs> Hey, the new issue of Relevant is out now. Uh, It's our 15-year anniversary issue. John Legend is on the cover, and Miss Ava DuVernay is in it. It's... Packed full of amazing content. You can view the issue now online at relevantmagazine.com. And if you want to get the very uh, nice tactile experience mailed to your house, you can get the print edition. Uh, you can subscribe to the print edition there as well. Uh, I, 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 hey guys, I swear to cod. I swear to cod. It is a good issue. <laughs> yeah. we, we
6: swear to God. Oh I said cod. I said cod. Oh, I, I, I,
0: I didn't say anything in vain. I can take mm. a fish in vain.
4: <laughs>
0: oh
6: my gosh. We are. This is
4: I thought, Jesse, that was a little shellfish of you.
2: <laughs> are you Googling pines? No, no, I,
1: <laughs> I am now because I, I feel like I'm about to get dry. No, oh, no, no, no. no,
6: no.
0: It's, it's it unbelievable. Really yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. That's right. You know what will uh, get a, If you ever get a wrinkle in time, you know what will help get that out. What? It's a shape of water.
6: Yeah. <laughs> hey, if if
1: you can think of a better fish pun, let Minnow.
6: Oh,
1: no. <laughs> no. We're just floundering. Let's Ladies move on to water here. Yeah. Oh, oh. Huh. Let Minnow. Not Cameron. bad. Can't do better.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we
1: have to end this podcast now. <laughs> I don't
3: know no problem there. We just please. have to end this.
1: <laughs> Please don't, please don't. Oh my gosh. I'm so mad I could just krill somebody. Krill, oh. like little, uh, no, you don't have to explain. It's like
0: explained. a shrimp, yeah. yeah. We're just yeah. going
2: oceanic. We're across the board. Wait,
0: Karen, Karen what? what was the name of the star of Lady sushi Sh- Ronin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Sushi Ronin. Is that what you're trying to sushi. make? Yeah, yeah sushi. Uh, Ronan. Uh, yeah.
6: Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, I, I like that you just went there, Jesse. You just made your own fish pun. You didn't leave it to salmon else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> salmon salmon else.
2: The fact these things live in y'all is such a blessing. <laughs> hey guys,
1: oh, yeah. we must scale. We, we really need to scale back on yeah. the fish pun. We got to scale, <laughs> scale back. yeah. yeah. Gosh. yeah.
6: Gosh.
1: All right. Let's reel it in here. Finish this. Oh, <laughs> reel it in. Reel it in. All right. None of these puns are really current.
0: Calvin's just going
1: oceanic at this yeah, point. He's yeah. just making sea yeah. puns. Yeah, sea puns. Sea <laughs> puns. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang.
3: I'm Eddie Kaufholtz.
1: I'm Calvin Fishface Curley. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
7: I'm Annie F. Downs.
0: I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. See? C- C- yeah. yeah. See? No.
6: No. Under the sea.
7: Under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Up on the shore, they work all day. Out in the sun, they slave away. While well, we been voting full time to floating under the sea.
5: Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast.
7: Nobody beat us, fry us, and eat us in fricassee. We watch the land, folks loves to cook. Under the sea, we have to hook up. We got no troubles, life is the bubbles under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Since life is sweet here, we got to be here naturally. Even the sturgeon and the rain, did it the earth start to play? We got the spirit
0: It's called the Bachelor. I I I think it's I think it's European.